Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. The season is nearly upon us. Me and Andrew are going to discuss that. We're going to discuss the imminent arrival, hopefully, of Liam Delap. We're going to obviously cover what's going on in the friendlies and what we think of that. We're going to talk about the formation. Do we think it can work now with the new arrivals coming in? There's loads of topics to discuss. So, let's get stuck in. So, hello, Ange. How are you doing? Yeah, well, it's that week before everybody's anticipating goes to the roof and then you either burst the bubble or you just think you're going to win everything. It's that week before the season kicks off and everybody's looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait myself. I'm trying to get myself on the coach so I can get myself through it now. Vicks, I'm trying to get everything sorted so I can prepare properly. I mean, I've not been well this week. I mean, I've, I've, I've had to send off a test for... Covid, I haven't been very well, so I'm, I'm just hoping that comes back negative. Because if it comes back positive, it's probably the first time that I'll be going. No, <laughs> I don't want ten days. <laughs> I don't want isolate. No, well, let's fingers crossed for that. Then. Yeah, let's hope for that. So, like the friendly matches are all done. We've we've seen Stoke put some good solid performances in. A lot of fitness and a lot of young lads have been tested. What are your overall opinions so far? Well, not so far of the actual pre-season friendlies that have been played. Well, I think the most important thing is the players look fit and they look like they understand the system they're playing. Um, we'll come on to systems in a bit, I know, but the, the main part of pre-season is to get your players fit and to get the incomings knowing each other before the season starts. And I think you'll be pleased with that because everybody looks fitter than they have done for a while. And, and when you think about it, it's probably the first proper pre-season he's had since he joined Stoke City. So it'll... Um, It'll be interesting to see if the fitness that they look like they've got translates into more points on the pitch. But given who they've played, they had the, the one blip at Wigan, they, they've done OK. Um, but we know as Stoke fans that Stoke can, can win the European Cup in friendlies and then fall apart in the first league match. So we just have to keep everything crossed. Positive pre-season, really. I mean, we've seen some wonder goals. We had an overhead kick from... Fletcher, we've seen an absolute beautiful goal from Mario Verancic. And we've played against teams sort of mid, mid of the range, below us, above us. And I think it's a, a positive step how we've done it. I mean, who's been the player that's shone from you from what you've seen? Well, Fletcher's looked the fittest I've seen him in a Stoke shirt. And uh, I said it, I think, last time we spoke. He's a much better player than I ever gave him credit for. But Rancic, as you've said, the man, the man has got such a dead ball kick on him, as well as a free kick. You know, he's obviously going to be the man for corners and free kicks. He's looked impressive, and I have to say, I think Wilmot's looked um, a really good passer of the ball for a defender. So I would say those three for me. I've been very impressed with Mario Rancic. I think he's a a good player to be honest I, I really rate him I think he's got an incredible because I, I heard he was left footed but when he hits the ball like that with his right foot it's he's like Stan Collymore you're not sure which foot he is <laughs> uh, great I know it's a brilliant finish but you know we've been talking about the formation for a while now with Stoke do we still feel like we've got the players to fit this system that Michael O'Neill wants to play with 5-3-2, whatever it is, 5-3-1-2? Well, I think he's going to start off with 3-5-2, and I think he's starting off with that because he feels that that's the best system for the players he's got. I don't know whether, you know, if you're asking my opinion, I'm, I'm not sure we've got the players for it, but he thinks we have, and that's the system I think they're going to go into the season playing and, and, and see how it develops. Um 
I also think he's a good enough manager and the players will have thought long and hard about other systems. So I, I think they'll be able to be more flexible. But I think that's certainly what we'll start with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I still am massively not getting the wing-back position. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't brought a right wing-back in. Alfie Doherty, to be honest, started well with that first game. I think it was a Burnian where he looked a real good outlet, quick, breaking down. I know he's a young lad, so you've got to give him a bit more time. But to be honest, is he going to be that role? Is that role meant for him from what you've seen so far? Well, I was surprised he didn't start yesterday because the team that... that started yesterday or probably be more or less the team um, that goes out for the first game and I think Doughty's got a big future at Stoke I'm just wondering if they're easing him in carefully because he had a really bad injury as we both know um, and that's why he didn't play last season so uh, where he plays I'm not quite sure at the moment but he's certainly going to figure quite a lot in the Stoke team and he's got some pace that we need because that's what bothers me still about Stoke um, the pace up front yeah, yeah, because we, we have got a very laboured forward line, aren't we? I mean, Jacob Brown isn't the quickest. Fletcher definitely isn't quickest or the youngest. Varanchic has got great ability with the ball because I don't think he is quick. You know, Jan Moby wasn't a quick player but could spray a ball beautifully because he wasn't quick. I mean, to, to be honest with this formation, I, I still 100% don't think we've got the right players for it. I don't think we've brought enough in the key areas. I mean, when we look at wing-backs, yes, probably Doherty's a bit too young and not quite ready yet, but you should be countering that by bringing a player in then that is ready. And that is Morgan Fox. I mean, I don't think Tommy Smith's a right wing-back at the moment. From what I've read, he's the only right-back right, right back at the club at the moment who's a proper right-back. So that needs fixing. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you then look at... Uh... <laughs> Letting Tom Edwards go out on loan, which clearly Michael O'Neill doesn't think Tom Edwards is the right player for Stoke, but uh, you've got to have cover. And if you look at the squad at the moment, we talked about last time when you and I spoke, we talked about it was great to get so many players out, which which we've done, but we haven't... He's not Michael O'Neill's not going to get players in just for the case of, of getting players in. He'll want quality and better players. And... Whilst we might have to be patient to get them, we're certainly looking very light. I mean, you looked at the pitch yesterday, and if any of those players got injured in key positions, like the fullbacks that you've mentioned, there is no replacements, and um, and that has to be that has to be sorted as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, I was looking the other day on free transfers that were, were available and players that could come along. I mean, if if, if Michael O'Neill really wants to play the system as well with wing-backs, they've got to be the fittest players on the pitch because they're, yeah. they're having to get up and down the wing. They've got to put crosses in. They've got to get back then to defend if, if the ball's given away. It's it's a dangerous system for me, this. And I don't understand why. But the problem is we are, we, we know he's <laughs> to sort yeah. the system, but yeah. we don't really have the players for that either. And this is yeah. what worries me about it when we go into this season. Like... Because the last time we spoke, there was quite a bit of a way to go in the market and all that lot. And, you know, we, we saw a player that we're obviously going to mention later on who's left, who I know people have been having celebratory parties that he's gone. But to be honest, when we look at this formation, I, we know he's got a plan A, we know he's got a plan B. And I just don't think he's got enough players for Evie. So no, I agree. So I'm, I'm, a little, I'm very worried when we're only, you know, six days away from the opening day of the season and 
we don't really have the players for both systems he likes to play. We've got no wingers at the club. We've got people who can fill in like Brown, like um, Campbell. Obviously, McLean's gone. It's just a matter of finding him a club. Tom Ince looks like he's on his way to Ipswich from what I'm reading. This formation needs to be... For me, I'm I'm not sure how we could carry on unless players come in. Yeah, and while you're talking about players have gone and people are having parties about them, I presume you're talking about Sam Vokes, who um, it wasn't lost on me that he'd gone to the chair boys because everybody was looking at him as a piece of furniture towards the end of his stay. Um, but there was, is one thing I'll say, as much as he, the system didn't suit him that Stoke played, in my opinion, he was responsible partly for Stoke turning the corner with that injury time winner when he managed to stab the ball over the line against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And that's when our season turned round. And that was probably one of the last mentals we had at the Bet365. So I wish him all the best. It didn't work out for him at Stoke. But going back to what you were saying, um, players that have gone, Ian, those players that have already gone have not gone without a cost. Everybody's saying that these players, it's great they've gone and they're off the wages. They probably got paid up a lot of the money before they left, and those that are on loan, we're probably still paying a vast majority of their salary. Because nobody will ever convince me that, say, Benny Kathobi's wages are being paid by the club he's at Millwall. It's, it's just not going to be. They'll play a, pay a proportion. But Stoke is still paying heavily uh, for those players that have gone, which still means that our ability to replace them is limited because of FFP. So those players that we're looking at to come in to take the places of the like of Ince and the like of the Phoebe and the likes of Folks and Gregory um, are going to have to be on much reduced wages which again reduces the pool of players you can look at and Michael O'Neill says he wants quality there's a limited amount of quality available in the areas that he'll be looking for the money that he's looking at so um, there's still a long way to go to get us out of the mire that's been created over the past four or five years. Yeah, so, I mean, looking at it, we're, we're probably... I'm not 100% sure on the on the transfers, not transfers, um, formation system that he works with, but to be honest, I don't know what else he can do. I, I, I understand what he means by, by sitting a defensive line back and then going, well try and get rounders and then try and pip a goal. I understand that when he when you can't bring quality in because let's be honest, good wing backs are not cheap. Doesn't matter what division they're in, what what they're on. So like I say, we'll move on to the next um, subject which a lot of people are talking about at the moment, which is the transfer window. It looks like there may be, by a lot of talk from Man City side and in the press, that Liam Delap might be joining Stoke on a season long loan. Well, if that happens, firstly, I'll be amazed, and secondly, I'll be over the moon, uh, to coin a phrase. I, I just can't see it happening for for reasons that... Look, Rory Dillap, um, when he left Derby himself to come back to Stoke, said one of the bonuses for him was he didn't have to work with his lad because he felt there was a conflict of interest there. Now, if he's coming to Stoke, there might still be that conflict of interest, but I'm sure Michael O'Neill won't care about that conflict of interest if he can get him because um, he's a flipping good player and having seen him destroy our young team himself when he played in that final for Man City against us um, he's, a, he's an outstanding player that will go places and he's just the sort of player we want I mean, if you look at him as a player although he's unproven at, at championship level of course, it's a big step up 
um, you you look at him uh, as a player, then he, he I would have him before anybody else that's been mentioned at Stoke. I can't see it happening, but I really hope it does. And if it does, as I've said, I'll be one of the happiest people out there. But if it doesn't happen, Ian, who are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy from Accrington? Are we going to get the guy Davies from Aston Villa? It's clear we need somebody. Uh, to be honest, I don't know because the thing is with players leaving, there's a lot of links there, but I'm not seeing many links of players coming in, and that's normally a, a bad sign that they aren't really looking a lot. If you know what I mean, they're just sort of like fadingly looking at players like that Dion Charles that I was excited about because I think he's a good little finisher. It's all gone quiet on him because I think Stoke were just probably looking and asking how much and then went, how much? No, we, we can't afford million, that. Yeah, no. So, I mean, there's heavy rumours that he's, he's in Stoke now, Liam, the lab. Why, why do you think you can't see it happening? Is it because of his dad? Well, partly because of his dad, but I've already said that I don't think that would matter to Michael O'Neill. But partly, I just think he's he would probably be one of the players that Pep Guardiola will have on his bench this season. And if you have a choice of being on the bench at Man City and learning from, let's be honest, he's the best manager around at the moment, then you wouldn't move. You'd stay where you were. Yeah, I suppose, because he does need that time playing now, doesn't he? Well, I mean, if, if somebody said to you, look, you might get a couple of games in the first team, you'll definitely get on the bench. You might play the odd cup match for Manchester City, or do you want to go and, and, and slog it out in the toughest league in the world in the championship at Stoke where your dad's a, a worker? I'd probably want to stay at Man City. But who knows? I mean, if, if he's going to go anywhere, Stoke's the best club for him. Obviously, we're going to say that. But he, he will get picked. He'll get played. And, and that's the one thing that everybody wants when they go out on loan. You know the player's going to play. And he's got more chance of playing at Stoke than he has at some other clubs. Well, he has at Manchester City as well. I mean, especially if the rumours to be true, Harry Kane's going to Man City. So, you know, he, I, I don't know. I could, I could still see it happening because obviously links to his dad, it'll probably make things easier. He's got links to Stoke. He, he used to be around the place when his dad played here. So, you, you know, there's, there's, there is that possibility. I'm not I'm, I really hope so because... At the moment, there's no links to anybody else, which is which is very worrying. And there hasn't been for a while, really. There's only been Keane yeah. and Davies that I don't massively rate. I mean, if well, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't got a finishing record, has he? No, no. I mean, to be fair, he hadn't played much either since no. Villa went up. But to be honest with Keane and Davies, if we got him on a free transfer and said, right, here's your chance, then I'd go, yeah, I wouldn't mind Davies then, just see what he can do. But when you're getting him on a season-long loan, you need impact. You yeah. know, I think we've learned from last season where we made three or four loan signs of players that weren't ready to play first team football in the championship, and and we we fell on a sword, and the end of the season went wrong. So I'm hoping they've learned from it. I've not I've not seen us being linked to a right back, which was very worrying. I've not seen us being linked to a left back. I've not seen us being linked to probably a backup cam because if you know Nick Powell gets an injury, we've literally got. No other cam at the club other than Ince unless he goes. You know, we, we've literally only got one first-team striker, in my opinion, with Fletcher. Jacob Brown, I'm not 100% sure where he plays. I mean, he's done all right, to be fair, Brown, but I don't see him as a striker. We've, and then we've got two kids in, in Norton, and good, good year, is it? Good, good will. And I'm, I'm, there's got to be some signings coming in, and I mean quick as well. Yeah, um, listen... 
I, I think we're light on several areas of the pitch. Um, and maybe he's just hoping that somebody like Josh Tymon can fill in the gaps. Uh, you're right, Jacob Brown's a willing runner, and I thought he's improved. His first touch was dreadful last year. It's not as bad this year, and he'll run and run and run himself into the ground. Uh, Tyrese, I don't care what anybody says, is a way away from starting at the moment. He might be with the fitness team, but that doesn't mean you're, you're actually going to walk back into the first team soon. Um, so we are light in areas, and you just know with our luck, we'll have two or three injuries at the same time, or the dreaded COVID will come and rip through the team, and then you, you're playing your young lads again. Yeah, the, the thing is, I, I don't mind quite a few of the young lads in because I think we were calling for them last season. Well, I was anyway, especially towards the end of the season. But I was only calling for the kids because the first team players were that poor. So, you know, it was like, we play the kids. Um, but when you come into a season, you need to make signings. And we, we, I've said this on a few occasions now. I mean, there's, they, like you said there with Brown, he's an able runner. Campbell, I don't think's fit. You know, goalkeeper for me at this moment in time and probably a little bit on the centre-back side as well are their only secure positions for me Yeah. so yeah. far on this team and while you're talking about goalkeepers I mean that's something else I was uh, surprised at yesterday that Davis didn't come on at all um, I, I, I actually thought um, that there would be more of a battle for the first team spot and it may well develop into that but it looks like Bursic's got it at the moment and I would feel I would feel sorry for Davis in a way because his stats when he's played in goal for Stoke and also when he previously played in goal for Barnsley will stand up to stats for any goalkeepers anywhere. So as you say, that is one of our strongest areas. Yeah, um, it would be a shame for Davis, but the fact is, the age of Berzik, the quality he's got from such a young age, he's been on successful loan spells. Even, I mean, they even call him a legend. It's was it Lincoln for that one game yeah. he played yeah. on loan. So. You, you know, it's a shame for Davies, but he can also find another club if it doesn't work out. I mean, I said at the end of last season that I want Berzik in as number one. I think he's ready. He's played enough football now on his loan spells. Same thing happened with Jack Butland as well when we kept loaning him here, there and everywhere. And, and then finally we said, yeah, he can he can come in now as number one. You know, I think Berzik's got, got a price tag available to him as well if he succeeds in his first season. It is a shame, but a dogfight is what we want anyway. And we've got three top quality goalkeepers. We've got a young one going out on loan, and we've got another young lad, uh, Broom, is it? Who's who's another backup as well? So yeah. I've when when someone says we we were out on goalkeeper, I'm very very confident we're all right on goalkeeper. Yeah, if you if you look further up though, as you've said, maybe quite solid defensively. But if we're gonna go with the system that he's going to at the moment. Um, as you pointed out, we haven't got any decent wing-backs um, and, and we haven't got wing-backs who constantly go up and down and provide crosses and beat a man. So um, you're looking at Smith and you're looking at Tymon and they aren't good enough to play those those roles in that system. No. Uh, I can see us being very difficult to, to break down because that's, that's what we were yesterday. I mean, Wolves are a good side um, and... We looked organised, and I think teams are going to struggle to score against us. But when you look at the players we've got playing in the that back, we, we've got a couple that are capable of making daft individual errors more often than not, um, and that's the worry for me. It's just a functioning system at the moment, and we'll grind points out, and that might be an option for certain matches. But if we're going to get higher up the league, 
Um, I reckon we need four or five players in, in those key positions we've talked about. Do you think we're going to get four or five players in? It just spoke time with the no links. I'm not sure unless it's going to be a. It, it could be another one of those quick fire weeks where you know you see two, three come in. I mean, there's there is a faint rumor, and to be honest, I don't know what I feel about it because his career's fell away. Is Nathaniel Klein? Now yeah. he's just been released by Crystal Palace. Now he can play right wing back and right back. You know, got I think over forty caps for England. Could he be another Glenn Johnson for a couple of years and trying out this club? prop up again yeah I mean it's an option but again you look at that option and then you look at the money Stoke will be prepared to pay and would he come here I don't know but I'm sure I'm sure there'll be something even though we're not hearing about it I'm sure there'll be something that will be being done to, to, to look over those positions we've got nobody for but then if you look at the the evidence of previous seasons in the championship, for example, when Wolves went up themselves and then there's Leeds and Norwich did it, and, and to the latter extent, Brentford and Watford, you've got to be free scoring to get out of this league. It doesn't matter how how good you are defensively, you've got to score quite a few goals. And um, I don't think we're anything more at this moment in time than, than pinching a one-goal win. Yeah, I know at the moment, yeah, we're... We we literally relying on a thirty well soon to be thirty four year old striker. We've got Nick Powell behind him. We all know he's got injury problems. He he can't complete full seasons. We've got Campbell who's coming back from an injury. We don't know if he's going to be the same player that we got rid of. We've got Jacob Brown who's who's like a less quality Walters that'll run at anything, run at a brick wall, but lacks for me the quality to be a lethal goal scorer. We we are looking a bit soft. I mean, I, when the preseason was going on, I was I was, I was still obviously quite ecstatic because what have happened with England, which has sort of dragged us away to see England so far into a tournament that you know normally we have a lot longer to, to discuss about football and the, the start of the new seasons. But for me, I'm, I'm surprised that a striker hasn't come in at this point. I'm just I'm surprised the right back hasn't come in, and to be honest, a big big surprises I'm surprised Joe Allen hasn't left but not only left he's been now named the new captain of Stoke City are you surprised by that? Not surprised he was one of the options that you and I discussed I mean I think we both would have given it to Harry Souter but um, am I right in that? Yeah it was my pick was Harry Souter Yeah yeah. so I would have picked Harry Souter probably too but now he's captain does that make him undroppable? You know yesterday he was he was um, he was just a defensive midfielder, and I don't mean that nastily. I don't think he had one of his best games, but then arguably it was a friendly. It, it does look like he's going to be undroppable, but you're talking about not having a striker. But if you've not got another striker, then you need Klukas on form. And, 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 and he'd be on the left of three, where he could help Brown, for example, at the moment, and Fletcher up front. Uh, and Klukas has got to be back on form again and, and that was only coming at the end of the season and he didn't start the match yesterday so we're going to have big holes in, in any of the midfield options I think at the moment that we could currently pick so it's a as you said it's a massive end to the transfer window and if it goes wrong or if we get nobody then it's going to be grinding out results I think yeah it's, it's going to be to be honest if we don't make any more signings I think it's going to be a long hard season I've got to be honest because the problem is, like you say, in, if the injuries started in this team, 
you know, say Nick Powell goes down and he gets a three-month injury or, uh, you know, Stephen Fletcher has another month off and all that kind of stuff, who's going to go in? And that's, yeah. the, that's the thing that frightens me and keeps me up a bit at night. And I want to come in a bit a bit more, you know, non-biased when I looked at it from an outside. I mean, I talked to a couple of um, Preston fans and they have no fear of Stoke. And I, I spoke to a Blackburn fan. He said, we have no fear of Stoke. They've got one, they've got, he said they've got one, one and a half good players. I was like, who's the half? He goes, well, Campbell's injured. So, you know, at the moment we are, we're, we're in a, an obviously tough position because of the financial fair play. We're going to struggle to create chances we're going to struggle score goals we know this but we have got to be try and look on the positives that there may be more players coming in I mean a lot of players have gone which which will free up a lot of wages and we haven't really spent any money I think we've only spent what was it 1.2 million on, on Wilmot there's, there's got to be some players coming in there's got to be because if we don't we could be in a relegation battle and I don't want to start bringing it down you know six days before uh, well I don't think we will be in a relegation battle I'm going to try and be more positive and I'm going to continue the positivity by the player you just talked about who's come in Wilmot of all the players on that pitch that I've seen in, in the friendlies um, he moves the ball faster than any of the others in the back four or five whatever and that's been the problem with Stoke. They get the ball, they move it too slowly. But he's got a pass on him, like Harry Suter has. Um, and when Suter comes back, he'll make a big difference uh, in helping us to, to, to break down teams as well because they've both got a good pass on them. And the downside is, until we've got another striker, Michael O'Neill will revert to type as he did at Northern Ireland. And that is... Um, he'll be say, well, the first, most important thing is we didn't lose the game, and he'll want to keep a clean sheet. And my, as you said, talking about relegation, there's a big factor we haven't mentioned yet, and that's the fans back in. And you and I both know that the fans will not appreciate this just hanging on to what you've got. It did for Pulis. The fans, you'll very quickly realise that as much as the Stoke fans can be behind the team, they can very quickly turn. And that's my my concern that. Um, we will have to be quite tight at times because if we're not, a really sharp forward line will tear us a new one if, if we're not really solid defensively. Yeah, but I mean, like, a lot of the time when we stuck with Tony Pulis, because Pulis was a great manager, I don't care what anyone says. I agree, yeah. The, the thing is with Pulis is we were playing Premier League teams and we were new to the Premier League, so you know we don't mind sitting back and defending a one 0 win against Arsenal because it's Arsenal. We we weren't used to playing him, but when we've been in the Premier League for ten years and you drop, our fans haven't got patience for that defensive style. We do not have the patience for it. I'm not saying it's me. I, I'm I, I'm I'll get behind anyone. I still don't believe Gary, Gary Rout should have been sacked. But the the thing is with a lot of it is that. We, our fans have been used to playing great football against teams with like you know the Stoke Alona days and Bowie Allen and all that lot. So they're not going to sit there and, and have us sitting back and trying to scrape a one nil win against Coventry, who've been in League Two for four years. Yeah. It, it's it's not they're not going to have it, and that, that's where the Stoke board and the managers got to realise this. They they've got to do everything they possibly can. And there was a fan who came up to me the other day and he goes, I just don't understand. Why Stoke just don't give Michael O'Neill £50 million, go out and build a new team, instantly get it promoted, and then forget about financial fair play. I thought I said you're mad, firstly, but it is the model now. It's how Villa got up. It's how um, 
Leeds pretty much got up. You have to throw yeah. money at it at times. And, yeah, absolutely. And the, the problem is for me is this slight sitting here going, oh, no financial fair play. For me, it's still an excuse. You know, I can understand it for a couple of years, but we've had a lot of parachute payments that have gone in to cushion a lot of that big spend we've had. You know, last year we had it, and I think the year before we had it. I think you get it for three years, don't you? But yeah, it drops. Yeah, the first year without it. Yeah, and then it drops down. So this is the first year we're going to go out with it. So, you know, what's sort of gone against us is that we've been hit by this fourth year of FFP because we could have been out of it now if if they hadn't extended that year because of COVID. But for me, I don't, I don't care if you trust this manager, which the board say they do, give him money then. Well, hang on, are we, are we going to fall out now? Because the one thing I will back the board on is that every single manager that comes into this football club gets the last say on transfers and every single manager, sadly, has had every penny they've wanted up until Michael O'Neill for players they wanted. And you look at where the big financial fair play hole came. It wasn't Mark Hughes. It was Gary Rowick spent £60 million in a transfer window on players that are none of them now in our squad. £60 million. You might as well say it was peed up the wall. And if that was my money, that I wouldn't be happy. And you know what? I probably wouldn't have given Michael O'Neill as much as he's had. Right? But that's... That, the damage has been done, and, and you look at Derby. Derby is suffering because they tried the same route, the one that you've mentioned that was successful for Leeds and for Sheffield. Derby tried that route, and now they're going, they're in severe panic mode, and they've got, they haven't got enough players to start the season yet. So I understand what you're saying, and it's easy to say it because it's not our money, but we have tried to throw money at things to go straight back up. To a certain extent, we tried it with Mark Hughes, but Fifty-eight million pounds spent in one transfer window by by Gary Rowett on players that aren't even at the club now, and and that's the problem. Uh, uh, they got it wrong, uh, and and one of the things that I still think is wrong is that Stoke allow the managers. That it'll be the same with Michael O'Neill, but with lesser money. They have the complete say in in who what players they want, and until we have a system at Stoke. A bit like Brentford, whereby they go on a route where they buy players at a cheap price who are good because they've done all the analytics on them, then sell them on and replace them with another cheap player that they can sell on. Until we have some system where we're bringing through the type of player that the manager needs in his team, Stoke will be forever yo-yoing. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with a lot of what he said. Yeah, I, I do agree that they need an analytics team. I know, I know that they need to do that. But they have been linked to these players. They have been linked to these players that the analytics have said this player will do well, this player will do that, and they haven't bought them. And that this reminds me a lot of what happened in the Premier League when you know we weren't getting first choice, we were getting thirds and fourth choices. Yeah. And that's what I think Jacob Brown is. I don't mean to slag Jacob Brown off. I think he is a he is probably a fourth choice between. A Sam Kluka, it's not a Sam Kluka, it's a Sam Cosgrove. They're, I think they're still doing the same thing where it's going for the cheapest one that they can. And, and I think sometimes we, we do forget that this club was in the Premier League for 10 years. And I know yeah. we've wasted money and, and we've done bad, but you know, in the year when Gary Rowett you know, did spend £58 million on players, we did recruit, recruit a bit of money back with 
I think it was Shakiri and a few other players who went for money as well, and we got the parachute payments. So, you know, it's it's wages where where our biggest problems been. Yeah, and that's where our money has been literally weed up the wall. I mean, the, the stupid decision to give Bauer a contract when we came down when we we give him a new contract to be a first team right back, even though he only played two games as a first yeah. team right back. And then there's a dinner. That yeah. well-known multi-million pound. I played eight times for Tottenham player that we paid money. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't his fault. No, no. They, they, well, these, these, none of these players, none of these decisions are the players' faults. That's why I don't sort of, you know, discard them as garbage like a lot of people do. I can't judge Kevin Vimmer as a player because he only played fourteen times for Stoke. I can't judge a player on fourteen games, and I don't know how Mark Hughes could. And well. I don't think Mark Hughes could judge him at all because Mark Hughes never went to see him, but that's another story. Yeah, I know that's what I mean. Mark Hughes, he's got a lot answer for. But yeah. but the thing is, like I understand what that mate said. I mean, I'm not agreeing with it. I just put it out as a statement that he said, why don't we do the Villa mould or the Leeds mould and try to buy his way up? And I, I told him that we, we did try to do that in the first season, but we bought players that were on the way down rather than players yeah. that were on the way up. Yeah. And... I would. I said to him, if, if we if we did trust Michael O'Neill, which undoubtedly I think we all do, we, even sort of disheartened fans who fell away at the end of last season still think that Michael O'Neill's the right man. If we bought, went out and spent, I don't know, twenty million pound on really good up and coming players that improve this team, and we get promoted, we don't we don't even need. Will we ever talk about FPP again? Will, will it be one of those things at the pub? in six years where we go remember FFP oh we don't need to worry yeah, about that yeah. anymore auntie and then that that's what happened with Villa Villa were literally a month away from going bump yeah that's right if they hadn't gone up they'd have been in big trouble but you're looking at the players we've got now and Vrancic and Powell were on yesterday and now what whatever people say about footballers and whatever we say we need some more class players there's two class players both very very physically competent uh, and quality players the, the word quality isn't lost on either of them but you know yesterday I was disappointed because they're both great individually they just it wasn't the right I didn't feel they linked up great yesterday and I was looking forward to seeing a part I know we can't base it on one match but there didn't seem to be a partnership there of, of linking and creating uh, now look Wolves are a much tougher side than we'll play in the championship uh, but that, along with, and I've said it so many times, I'm boring myself now, no pace. And when Fletcher went off, well, there was just zero threat at all. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. any threat at all when Fletcher went off. Uh, um, and that's a bit, we're going back to what we said before, we haven't got uh, that striker that we need. If you had to pick now, Ian, if, let's say we could get one player in, even though we know we need four or five, what position would it be that you would want? Um, it's quite difficult for me, though, because there's so many holes. I mean, for me, if it was right, if it was one position, I'd have to say it's going to have to be a first. It's got to be a striker, hasn't it? It's got to yeah. be a striker because yeah. we haven't had one now since I'm trying to early crouch. You know, I can't remember the last time we had a natural goal scorer. I mean, I know Stoke hasn't been blessed with loads of them, but, you know, just somebody that's got a bit of 
lethal touch about him. Like, don't get me wrong, Fletcher about five years ago probably would have been. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, the amount of money we've wasted at this club on strikers, and not one of them's got a lethal touch. And it's like, surely, like Campbell, I like Campbell, but I don't think he's a striker. I think he's more of a right forward than a, than a striker. I agree. And that's where O'Neill was playing him before he got injured. Yeah, because I think that's where he's really lethal, because I think he's good at picking the ball up, can go wide if he needs to, but if he's got an opportunity, he'll move inwards. And that's that's a good kind of player to have. But the problem is, we haven't got one on the left side. So what what the, all the managers seem to tend to do is try to put McLean on the left to whip crosses in, but then we've got no striker there. Nobody who's got that... I mean, that's why I still don't... Like People keep saying, well, Vokes didn't work, which we're going to talk about after. But Vokes was great in the air, but not once could we pick him out in the box. Correct. But this isn't new, Ian. This, from when... The, let's take it back to uh, when Campbell got injured, which I think was December or just before December, right? Stoke have done nothing to get goals or even pace. They tried Matondo and they tried Clark, but they, they weren't strikers. They've not replaced that player since since Campbell got injured. Now, it's all right to say you can't replace him, but we could have tried. And we know nearer now replacing that lack of striker. No nearer at all. And, and when I asked you the question about uh, getting a striker in, that's what I would go. But then equally, I know people would say, well, hang on a minute. We, we haven't got... Um, we haven't got any fullbacks. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends thinks Smith's just an average championship fullback. You know, he, he's just a mid, middle of the league fullback. I agree. Uh, <laughs> another one says to me, Timon isn't first division standard. Well, I, I think Timon's unlucky because he gets played in in um, in different roles. But if you're looking at the <coughs> the position of the team, um, it's okay playing a, a five three two where you can go to counter-attack very quickly and, and change it to a 3-2-1-4 or 3-3-1-3. That's great, but we aren't quick enough. No, you no, know, I mean. We're not quick enough to do that because we haven't got the players. So if you if you, go in, if you get your forward, right, you've still got to get the ball. As you've said, you've got to have wingers to cross the ball to him. Yeah. Um, we haven't. I mean, the wing-back isn't the only issue. The wing-back system isn't the only issue. No, it's... There's lots of issues in the team, but I mean, in the first half yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but we moved the ball around really well. In fact, we were better than Wolves at times, and and uh, Vrancic linked up quite well with Timon, and um, Smith and Powell did did quite well. But then after that, we sort of fell away. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's the problem. Last season, if you remember, we weren't consistent for for many ninety minutes, were we? No, the the, the biggest problem I've I've seen is that the thing is about moving the ball well is it's moving the ball well to a point, and that's yeah. where Stoke fall apart. It's getting to that point. We, we we move the ball beautifully when it's in the middle of the park. We'll pass here, pass there, but then we're looking. Everyone's looking round. Who's the man who can put the lethal ball in? Who's yeah. the man who can who can take on two men and put it into a good a dangerous area we haven't got anybody and that's why we aren't going that's why we aren't a team that can be considered to go up because we play two formations and there's no deadly area on either either side like Nick Powell 
for me, is, is a centre-forward, not a cam. Yeah. So he's not very good at creating space for other players, but he's good at creating space for himself, which is why he shines. But with a system where we play with no width, like, well, no wingers, you've got to have lethal passes of the ball, people who can thread the ball, like not De Bruyne, but De Bruyne Square, you can thread the ball through the middle to get Fletcher away or get Campbell in, in a dangerous position. We don't have them players either. We've got Klukas who's a good baseline passer and can feed into people who can be dangerous. But so Joe Allen does that. Mario Vrancic does that. So did John Obi Mikel. So did everyone else because we won't go out and get these players that, A, like, I know what they were trying to do with Matondo. They wanted to put him in the in the Powell role and put Powell towards the right in the in the Campbell role and then hope Matondo could be that man that could beat a few players and make the one killer pass to get goals. But he isn't a central player. So the whole idea of that signing went out the window because he couldn't. He wasn't that kind of central player. And same with Jack Clark. They thought, well, he's got a deadly, deadly right foot. But the problem is, whenever he got the ball on the right-hand side, because we moved the ball that slow, he had two players in front of him every time. And it, the, the problem is, the problem isn't just how we how we move with the ball or how we pass. We just haven't got any creative edge anywhere. Correct. We've got we've got bits of it. Like we know we know Tommy Smith now and again can put beautiful balls in the box. We know that McLean can now and again. But the problem is, it's two a game. And if there's no one in the box to get on the end of that, it fades, and then we start struggling. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with anything you're saying. And if you if you if you're going if you're going even further forward, back to the forwards again. If if you take Campbell out of the equation at the moment, realistically, we've only got two forwards. That's Fletcher and Brown. So realistically, we need another two because Tyrese Campbell could be out for another couple of months and. Um, you know, we've got to sign somebody up front is what I would say. But then coming back to what you've said, we've got to sign some people further back. So for me, this next couple of weeks is massive for the football club. Yeah, it is. If we if, if we want, want to have any seriousness of going up or getting around going up, a team that, you know, because you've got to remember you've got players like Campbell, you've got players like Suti. There's people already looking at them. And if they don't see a plan where... I don't know, we, we scrape seventh and we just miss out on the playoffs. They might go, yeah, I'll give this club one more year and let's see yeah. if we can get up with them. But if we finish 14, 4 12th, and we're still struggling like anything to put the ball in the net, they'll go, actually, Brentford does look a good proposition. And he's gone. And then we're back yeah. to square one because at the moment, Campbell is the only man who's either going to create a chance or because that's the reason why Campbell's so important to that team. He's the only man who can create his own chance. Yes. Because correct. of his movement. Because yeah. he can move into the either wide and then put a good ball in, or he can move inwards to create a bit of space. And there's nobody else who can do that because the problem is what's been going on for so long. Because we've had an array of different managers over a long period. They've all brought in similar players. We're bringing in too many players. They're similar. They are naturally central midfielders. They're all okay at sidewards passing and passing a winger through to the right areas. But the problem is we've got no creativity in those areas. We've got nobody on the who can play on the wings. Timing can play on the wings, but he isn't. He isn't a natural winger. You can tell he isn't a natural winger, which is why Michael O'Neill played him central. 
We know Thompson's got a great left foot. We know he has, but he, he lacks the pace and the ability to get in dangerous areas to make that left foot work. So Michael O'Neill then's got to got to make signings to work round that, so we can get the best out of a Thompson, so we can get the best out of a Vrancic, so we can get him in dangerous positions quicker. But we don't seem to make the signings, and it's been it's been the problem since day one because it was a big problem where Rowett did it, where Rowett yeah. didn't bring in any creative midfielders, and because yeah, well, that, we've, yeah, we've got what three weeks left of this transfer window, about three weeks, right? Yeah. and you've got Aldridge probably working away. So I'm going to make a make um, a statement now that I believe um, we need to find two wing backs, a wide man a striker and probably a holding midfielder in yeah. those three weeks. So if I've said two wing backs, a wide man, a striker and a holding midfielder, right, you're talking about five players. We not I know now as I say that, we won't sign those five players. No. And I'll still go back to the fact that I think a striker is important, the most important. But then I just look at what I've said and I think, yeah, but so is a wide man to feed a striker. And so is the wing backs to get the ball to the holding midfielder to get to the wide man to get to the striker. <laughs> so it's a conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. I'm saying we need five players. So Ian, how many players do you think we need? <laughs> I think we need a back I think we need a striker, but I don't I don't think that's gonna happen unless it's a backup one. So I've got a I've got a, I've still got hope I think the lap might happen. I've, but for me, most important position which you've just reminded me which I forgot. Yeah, because you asked it earlier now, I've just realised, holding midfield is too important to this team to not sign. And I think if we can get a good one, where a lot of the budget goes on, a really good holding midfielder would, would make a big difference. Because at least it would be that stopgap between the midfield and the defence, which is where we've been getting caught all the time. So for me, a holding midfielder would be important, because Joe Allen isn't isn't a holding midfielder. And wing-backs have got to, be, got, got to come in. If, if he wants to play this five at the back, with wing-backs bombing on, he's got to get two good wing-backs in. But the problem is, with those three positions I've said, they're, well, the four positions, sorry, that I've said, they are very expensive areas to try and fix. That's where my problem lies, that Aldridge can do what, as much as he wants, but at the end of the day, where are you going to get two really good wing-backs for nothing? Unless you look abroad, in my opinion. Yeah, so so already, you and I are both saying, and the season hasn't started, we, we're going into the season with big gaps in the squad. Yeah. Right, we haven't got as much deadwood, which, okay, whether we paid it off or whatever, doesn't matter, the deadwood, most of it's gone. But we're playing players without enough players up front. So if you're playing five at the back or three at the back, there's still not enough up front. And as far as I'm concerned, the best football I've seen us play under Michael O'Neill was uh, when we played 4-2-3-1. And Powell was the number 10. Now, Powell's not playing that number 10 role anymore. He's um, he's more of a, a midfield runner. I, I like Powell, by the way. I, yeah, think, I, he's like great. I, think, I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's I think our he's best player. But the players we've got playing in the sort of wing-back role that they are, they they can't carry the ball high enough for pitch. So um, they, resort, they, they sort of play in hopeful diagonal balls from deep. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got no width in the opposition half. We haven't got that at the end of the season. So um, you're playing a back five, not a back three. Whatever we say, whether we whatever we're trying to play, all it all goes back to the fact that we haven't got the players, as we said at the start, we haven't got players to play the positional roles that he wants. Yeah. He wants us to play, you know. 
Yeah, the, the fact is we haven't got the players. Alfie Doherty, we know, can play left wing back. But that's the word that I've heard so many times, which has failed so many times. He can play that role. We said it about Jordan Cousins. He can play a holding midfielder because he played as a holding midfielder for Charlton's youth. Morgan Fox can play left wing back because he did it now and again for Sheffield Wednesday and did all right. We had Tommy Smith. Oh, he, no, he can play holding uh, right wing back because he did it a few times for Huddersfield when they got promoted. That's the word I don't hear anymore. That's the word I don't want to hear anymore because that's what has been... I've, I've read it so many times in the Sentinel now over the last two, three years. It's now something that I instantly look at now and if it says he can play in that role, he can do this. I want... He is that role. He plays that role. Not... not any more of this left back but he can play left wing back that's an indication that he doesn't play left wing back so don't play him in that position because you can't expect somebody who can play a left wing back play for 46 games a season it's just not going to work yeah but if you're going to play as, as we've said if you're going to play the 3-5-2 you've got to be much better out wide than Stoke are oh, yeah, I yeah. don't believe that the club have got two really fit up and down wing banks no, wing backs no. that are good in attack and defence no. or let's just say proficient in attack and defence mm. if, if, if I was picking um, one strength out of those two strengths I'd rather have it going forward yeah, than, yeah. than defending and, um, and then you've got your other centre backs who can cover but we haven't got whichever way you dress it up we haven't got ideal wing backs and, um, so it isn't going to work no, but we haven't got an ideal holding midfielder either. We haven't got we haven't got an ideal uh, cam. I think, um, like I said, I think Powell does do well as a ten because, like I say, I think he is a centre forward because he goes missing for sixty minutes of the game, but then he'll pop up and yeah. score a goal. Which means, yeah. cause, and I'm not having a go at Nick Powell because I think he is our best player. He's the yeah. best fox in the box I've seen for a good long while. But the problem is nobody sort of connects well when you look at our midfield. They, they seem laboured, they stay in the same areas and they don't move a lot, they don't overlap, they don't, you know, Joe Allen doesn't bomb on when Vrancic picks the ball up or Klukas picks the ball up, he sort of stays there in an easy option, it seems like, that's my biggest problem with Joe Allen by the way, because I'm, I'm not his main, biggest fan but I'm not his biggest enemy either, he doesn't move, to, he moves off the ball but, not, but always seems to be round players, he never seems to find yeah. space. And that's the thing yeah. I, I don't like. He's about not physically. Him. He hasn't got the physical presence, has he? No. To to to, to be that defensive midfielder, that's what worries me. But um, we are where we are, and I just uh, do you see Harry Suter going straight back in the team, or do you think he'll be left on the bench? Oh no, he's got he's got to go straight back in the team, Harry Suter. He's our best defender, so he's got to go straight back in. It, for me, I, I think he's. If we're going to say financial wise, and you, you know prospect wise he's our best player he's worth the most he's been incredible for Australia in the Olympics he's a player and he's now obviously captain for Australia which shows how much faith they have in him so for me not giving him the captain armband is is a, is a big mistake but he has to go straight back in yeah he's our best defender and he's got to go straight back in and it's amazing that this time last season we were on about loading him out yeah <laughs> which is what's frightening about it and you, you know we, we, I don't go too much negative on the side because this, we, we know the team it's a long way away from being a side that can that for me can either push for promotion 
we we need we, like you say. I think five signings need come in. If if three of them alone's or maybe two are permanent, I'd be happy with that. But I want to see players that it's not they can play that position. I want them that it's their position. They play as a wing back. They play as a wing back or holding midfielder or is or is it because what we need really is a, is a striker that can create his own chances. That's what we really need. But they're the they like forty fifty million pound players now. It's not like years ago in the nineties when we we spotted Mark Shearing out of nowhere. Top quality strikers are not easy to find. You have to pay, and that's the thing that worries me the most with this FFP that we keep pantering to. When we, for me, we if we spot a striker, go, take the gamble and go. Yes, we know he can score goals. Get him in. Let's try and get promoted because the creativity is the problem as well as the well, yeah. You, you talk about that creativity and. And as far as I'm concerned, because um, I've not seen enough advantage, though I'm sure he will be creative, Powell is really our only creative player. And if you've only got one creative player, it's very easy to stop him. You either kick him up in the air or you put two players on him. Yeah, yeah. So so that's where we are. But what do you think the team will be for the first match? Uh, first match, I think it'll be um, Bershik in goal. Uh, back three, if, uh, I've got a feeling it'll be Bat. Uh, Suter, Wilmot. I've got a feeling it'll be Smith on the right. Um, probably time and again on the left. Midfield three of Joe Allen in the sitting, Vrancic on the right, and Klukas on the left. With Powell in front and then Fletcher, I'd probably say. Yeah, see, I, I would. I've gone Bursic or Wilmot in I still think Davis is a good keeper. Um, so I think he'll play Bursic and I think he'll go Smith, Wilmot, Bart. I don't think he'll play Suter. I think he'll give him another week. And then I think he'll have Fox, Allen, Klukas, Brown, uh, Vrancic, Powell and Fletcher. Uh, similar team though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Fo- yeah. Fox. I mean, I'd like to see Doughty in the team, but... Um, I, I would put Doughty in the team for Vantage just for a bit of pace and variation, but I, I think he'll play Vantage and Powell. I can't see, I can't believe Vantage will come and sit on the bench, you know. That's a lot of score prediction from you. Against Reading, 2-1 Stoke. Very positive. I've gone for it. You can't be positive <laughs> first day of the season, when can you be positive? <laughs> and, and I think the Boone end will suck in the winning goal. I, I think I've only ever seen Stoke win once. Well, you might not be there. If, if you've only ever seen him win once, I hope he test comes back dreadful and you're yep. not allowed to go. Well, that's not that's not nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a feeling on a, on a nil nil draw. Oh no! I have got a feeling on a nil nil draw because I, I just can't see where we're going to score goals. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that frightens me. Great, Mister Constructive. <laughs> right. The, the other thing, of course, is that. <laughs> Some of these players that are playing for us, that have played for us for a while now, it's still going to be like making a debut because they've not played in front of crowds. I know they might they might shrink under. Are they going to are they going to be jailed by? I don't know. Some of these, I mean, there's probably some young lads there that have never seen a crowd. To be well, honest, Bursic's going to going to have a crowd. Um, that's going to be it. Will not. Will not. Yeah, he's know, he's um, never played in front of a crowd. It's just a Brown hasn't played too many matches in front of a crowd for us. Yeah, but Barnsley, I think he 
he did for I think, 18 yeah. games, 19 games. There's going to be a lot of these players that have literally, I, mean, I know Wilmot has never played in front of a crowd unless he did for them two times when he played for Watford. You know, it's going to be yeah. frightening for some of these players where, where the, hopefully there's going to be a big 20-odd thousand at the, at the ground getting behind the lads. And I'm just hoping they don't shrink under it. You know, some of these, I mean, Harry Suter, I know his first season with Fleetwood, he played in front of what, six, seven thousand at Fleetwood. So it's going to be frightening for some of these young lads. Yeah, but I'd rather us be at home first match of the season than away because... I do actually think that um, any crowd which is more in your own favour is going to have uh, bring out that little one or two percent more than than uh, than maybe you know it, it, you've only had to look at the Olympics to see how um, the lack of noise uh, whether it's for you or against you because some people um, respond when you know the term it gets the backs up when people have a go at them if there's no noise it must be really really hard to um to to perform well so any noise will make a difference but as you say some might freeze well let's open it all the reading team yeah because i couldn't name one of their players either so you know, it's 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 one of them with Reading. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping it's going to be a storming four 0 win for Amjic turns into that creative playmaker we've wanted for a while. Uh, so, right, here's the tough one now because, of course, it's the week before the, the season starts. Who are your prediction for the top six? If if I'm going really seriously, I think West Brom will be in the top six. I think two of the teams that have come down with them will also be around the top six. I can't see Sheffield United having as bad a season as they had before. Um, and I'd like to think we would be in the top six as well. Really? Um, uh, that's, but that is... Saying that we'll be in the top six means that we have no injuries and we sign at least two players before the end of the transfer window. Um, my biggest concern is that if we don't have a good first two months of the season it's going to be a hard slog what yeah, about yeah. you uh, I think I've got a feeling um, West Brom will go straight back up as champions mm-hmm. I've got I've got a feeling Bournemouth will do well I think they'll get in the playoffs I think um, I think Barnsley are going to get in there again as well I really do because I, I think Barnsley they, they seem to because you've got that that the man who really birthed analytic stuff as well they seem to know a player and get them for next to nothing as well. And they, they were brilliant last season, but I know losing the manager could have an effect. But I just got a feeling Barnes will scrape into the playoffs again. And again, I'm, I'm with you. I think Stoke could scrape in there if they make three or four signings. I really do. Well, if you, if, if you look at the teams, you've not mentioned Blackburn. I think they'll be thereabouts. Swansea, I can't see them getting anywhere. Uh, Bristol and Blackpool I don't think they'll do much Cardiff you can't write them off I don't think Barnsley will do well this season Derby County I think they'll be lucky to stay up Huddersfield they always sort of manage something Uh, I I just hope Luton don't do very well and that's nothing against Nathan Nathan Jones it is really I can't help it yeah you don't like it Peterborough won't do a great deal Preston are due a good season I don't rate Preston. I don't either, but they do a good season. Queen's Park, Millwall, Hull, they're all pretty much of a muchness to me. Uh, Reading, they've done well the last couple of years. And we haven't even thought of Birmingham. And there are a lot of people that will think 
Birmingham are a bigger club than Stoke. Yeah, it's it's a great season for the teams coming down, isn't it? And it's a great season for somebody going a good run, isn't it? That's what I'm yeah. looking at when you look at these teams. I mean, West Brom, West Brom are the most experienced team who've come down. It know how to go straight back up. They always have done. They, they, they aren't called boing boing baggies for no reason. They they know how to come down and go straight back up. They've they've done it for nearly 30, 40 years, haven't they? So West Brom, I think, will be straight back up. Sheffield United, I think, will struggle. I'm the opposite of you. I think they'll struggle. I think they'll be alright. I think they'll be the new Bournemouth of, the, of last season, where they'll finish just outside the playoffs. I don't know. It's a great chance for Stoke. Is what I mean. If they can get three or four good players in and and, and have a good start, and, and but this time not fade away with an injury because there's good replacements behind. There's every possibility Stoke could scrape in that top six, but it's got to be all hands on pump now to bring quality into this club. Yeah, and don't ever, you know, we're quite realistic, I think, but when you, if you just go down the division and you look at Division 1, I never thought in my lifetime I'd see the likes of Ipswich, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday in that division, and and then you've got Wigan as well. Yeah. You know, some, some clubs, I mean, I know Wigan have never been a big club, but Sheffield Wednesday been to a cup final, played in the Premier League, Sunderland, Ipswich, there but for the grace of God. Um, so, the, it's it's you look at the league we're in, it's a horrible league, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, there's nobody in that league, with probably the exception of West Brom, as you've mentioned, and, and I think Sheffield, that stands out. You're just looking at 38 scraps, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. The whole season is scrapping it out, and it's a long season. And again, I, I've still got this horrible feeling that COVID's going to come back in and play a part at some point um, when winter comes along, whether it be through players getting it or fans not being able to go to the game. Let's just make the most of being able to go and watch it live and come out feeling really painfully wider than bother at the end of a match or get in, that's why we go. You yeah. just don't know, do you? No, it's going to be great going back. That, that's the thing of it. And I don't really know what... what is going on with Stoke at the moment because I know Chelsea have, have said that you've got to have proof of having both jabs I know a few other clubs are now backing and following behind that but I, I don't really know what Stoke have said is, is theirs just back? what Stoke have said at the moment is um, everything's back to normal uh, the only thing the only restriction is on taking bags in women can take a handbag because obviously the the checks the pre-match checks have to be more careful now because nobody wants to be patted down or touched they're asking people to wear masks but there's no need at this moment in time to have any proof of vaccinations um so whether that changes at the end of the month when they think it'll be brought in but at this moment in time you're going to stoke matches as a stoke fan as you went last time and that just has to be the best news ever um, that you can go to the football match, support your team, see your mates, be sensible, um, and let's hope that we all celebrate with a goal and then sensible goes out the window, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, they will be jumping on each other like... I was laughing yesterday, you know, you, you Stoke score, there's a mini-mental, I mean a really mini-mental, Danny Bart scores, we talk back, I did my first get-in of the season, within a minute... It was here we go again when him and F equalised. So you go from that great high, even in a friendly, of your team putting the ball in the back of the net to, uh, and then you look the other end of the ground and the Wolves fans are going mad, jumping all over each other, and you think this is what football's all about. 
Yeah, it says it's about close contact and forgetting about COVID. That's what it says. But, <laughs> but, but everybody, please do not forget about COVID. If you don't feel uncomfortable, make sure you wear your mask. Make sure you do, follow everything that Stoke has said. Don't, I hope they don't pat things down for the searches. I hope that's not going to come on because, to be honest, even I wouldn't feel comfortable with that now with COVID on. I hope the lines are not going to be like they normally are where people are literally touching each other while they're trying to get in the turnstiles. I hope that's going to be checked and people are, are sensible. That's the that's the main thing, is it? People are sensible before the game. It is. And if I could just remind people, those of, us who la- those of the people who laughed at the council when we were desperate to get the ability to pay by card, wow, how lucky were we that they finally came into the 21st century with that one because you can only buy anything in the club now on a match day by using card. It is a cash-free society inside the stadium. So if you're going and you're taking kids or if you want a drink or something to eat, you will have to pay by card inside the ground. Thank God for that. (laughs) We've been asking for that for ages. (laughs) I don't know why you're talking about it. You won't be going. I will be going. I'm, it's going to come back <laughs> negative. I don't. I don't feel as bad as I was before. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's just a, a, a horrific bit of man flu. To be honest. <laughs> well, anyway, enough of that. People don't want to listen to me about that. So, thanks for that, Andrew. Have a good podcast. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yeah, you too. And thanks everybody. And enjoy the first match of the season. Come on, Stoke. Yeah, and let's hope we win. Come on, Stoke. Thanks for that. To that. Cheers. So, thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you give us a share. And most of all, tell your friends. Try to get them listening to the podcast. Because the more you listen, the more the podcast grows and the more content we can give you in the future. So, thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.